The intro. BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services. Here we discuss all things fitness, running, rucking, endurance, obstacle course racing, and more. Welcome to the BeastNet. Hey everybody, Mike with BeastNet here. And on uh, this episode, uh, I've got with me Amber Johnston. Amber, tell, tell everyone a little about yourself. I know you were on the show, I think the third or fourth episode, but you know, let everyone know who you are again. All right. Hey, everybody. So thanks for having me on. First of all, it has definitely been, it's been years, probably what, three years, I think, since I've been on. Um, I think so. Yeah, something like that. Because I had just moved to Alaska when mm-hmm. we first talked. Um, so I'm from the Midwest. I was in Ohio when I got into obstacle course racing, met my husband through ops, through OCR. Um, we met the Ohio Spartan race. And then um, we, you know, got married. We moved to Alaska because of his career. And now we're in Texas. So kind of uh, from all over the place now, just kind of traveling around. Um, I'm a part of BroCR Review, for those of you who are familiar with that, another kind of a web series podcast for OCR. And I'm also a part of the Machete Madness Pro Team. Nice. And I, I, I like Machete Madness. I, I did their first event they did up here in Seattle and then haven't been able to do another one. But I am hoping they, that he comes back and starts doing a little bit more again, So, which would be cool. Absolutely. I know what he's looking. It's hard with dates and, you know, getting the attendance that he needs to travel and stuff. Of course, right now it's kind of hard with anything, but I know it's definitely on the docket and something that he's trying to do. So anybody listening, you know, send him a message or post on his wall that, you know, you're interested. And if we can get enough people, I'm sure he would go back. Yeah, maybe I'll have to talk to him because I know he's uh, he's been on the episode. He's been on the the podcast once before when they were supposed to be up here last time and they didn't get enough enough uh, people. So yeah, I was actually really, supposed to be down for that one too. I was going to fly down from Alaska and then it got canceled. Oh. I was so sad. I was like, no, come on. <laughs> yeah, and see that was the thing that kind of sucked because I did the first one, but I had uh, I had just gotten over pneumonia like a week oh. before. Oh, yeah, no, so I'm no, like, yeah. well, I'm going to go do it anyway, right? And I get there and about a half an hour into it, I'm literally like over on the side, pretty much on my knees, hacking up a lung. And, you know, one of the other people that was helping him, uh, Julie, who's a good friend, she came over and she's like, yeah, you need to back off. Right. <laughs> she's like, you can, you're done. You're, you're done. <laughs> so I ended up just helping for the rest of it and became like, I still, he still gave me a medal because I didn't like go, okay, fine. Then I'm going home. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. if I can't do the event, what can I do to help you? Yeah. So I stayed for the whole event and helped him out. But yeah, I was, you know, you know how it is. You signed up for something. You're like, I'm going to do it. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, my body's saying no, but I'm going to try it anyway. And my body won that one. It won. It definitely did. <laughs> That's the worst. I've, I've raced uh, Tahoe, I raced Spartan Worlds one year and I had a strep throat and didn't know it until afterwards. Because oh. when I, I, my finish was horrible. I mean, I'm surprised I even finished. It was one of those ones where I was just dying the whole time. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? This is not like, I'm better fitness wise than this. What is going on? And I only time I think I've crossed the finish line in tears because I was just so like, I just, I knew something wasn't right. And then I slept like just a rock that night, overslept, missed the start of the next day. And then on my way home on the flight, I was asleep before the plane even took off. And when I got home and I went to the doctor the next day and they're like, what did you do this weekend? And I'm like, uh, first tell me what I have and then I'll give you an answer. And they're like, no, tell us. And they're like, oh yeah, you have strep throat and you've probably had it all week. I'm like, oh, that explains it. (laughs) That makes so much more sense. (laughs) It does. Because of course you're thinking too tall. You're thinking, okay, you know, altitude, maybe that's it. And I was like, what is going 
on, but yeah, no, it was definitely all that. I was pretty bummed. <laughs> yeah, those are the worst. So, yeah, I, I try to I try to listen to my body as I've gotten older because I've done so many times where I didn't listen to my body and I've destroyed it over the years. Like I have major major injuries that still affect me because I was like, oh yeah, this is fine. I'll be good. Everything's that's, fine. That sums yeah. me up in a nutshell. Like that's why my shoulder was so bad when they finally when I finally let them do surgery and they're like, uh, yeah, you should have done this like at least six to seven, if not eight years ago. And I'm like, yeah, eh, yeah. well, you see, I'm kind of stubborn. <laughs> well, I had plans and giving surgery got in the way of my plans. That's yeah. exactly. I was like, you don't understand. Like this is, so I'm trying to be smarter now. I'm actually fighting um, yep. some piriformis syndrome pretty bad. And I've actually, I think I ran once last week and once the week prior, but I'm like, yep, I'm actually trying to be smart and listen to my body. So not a whole lot of running right now, but doesn't matter too much with what's going on but i'm just yeah but i mean it's it's one of those things you just want to you know it's so hard to not do stuff and that was my problem you know i've i've got a both my knees at at different points whereas i was supposed to have surgery like 10 over oh shoot almost 20 years ago now and i said no I'm like, no, I'll be fine. As long as I can still walk, I'm good. But I'm paying right. for it now. But it's kind of one of those things now that the doctors are like, okay, well, you've kind of, through working out and everything else, made them strong enough that it's not, you know, surgery isn't really a good idea. But at the same time, your knees aren't really 100%. So, right. And, yeah, and never will, will be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And never will be. So it's kind of like, eh. You know, they're like, you've done the surgery. But then the thing is, too, is 20 years ago, the surgery was so much worse that, you know, they're like, who you actually might have been better off now than not having it 20 years ago. But, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, just kept pushing myself. And then I got too big, which, you know, made my knees even worse. You know, I I gained a bunch of weight and made my knees worse. And now I'm, I'm fighting through the, the pandemic to try and drop the weight again. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that is one thing I'm thankful for is that when we first bought our house here in Texas, I found a local company, um, shout out to PW23, anybody in Texas, they are awesome. They build garage gems. So they weld everything. They can build you a rack. I mean, they even do the folding racks. Like if you want it to, you know, go flat against the wall. I mean, they're, he's just phenomenal and he's building his team out. But I found him randomly on Facebook marketplace when I was looking for equipment and I started building a gym and my husband, every day we go out there and lift is like, I'm still so glad you did this because with all the gyms being closed and everything, we would be, I mean, it's a, it's a family event. You know, my husband, my, uh, my husband lifts, I lift and we, we both do OCR. My son's training for football, um, for high school football. So we all go out there every day and do that. It's been like our lifesaver during the pandemic. <laughs> we at least have our garage gym <laughs> that we can get out there. Yeah. And, and that's funny. I, I've talked to a couple of people now who basically have said how, honestly this this pandemic and workouts have like brought their family closer together because it's like okay rather than all of us going to the gym at different times or whatever we just go to the garage and work out so it's you know yeah we've always kind of all worked out together and been active together and done that kind of stuff but it's definitely more convenient now because we're all home we're all on the same schedule it's way easier so it is it's a really good family bonding you know experience and I always laugh at all these people on Facebook and all the, all the memes that are floating around about, you know, um, you know, husbands and wives being stuck at home together and annoying the hell out of each other. And 
I'm like, yeah, we're kind of the rarity because my husband's military. So he's gone a lot. And then when he's not gone, I'm normally traveling for work because I've got to work my schedule around his. So we don't get a lot of time together that we're enjoying the hell out of it. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, who's annoying, rare couple that's like, oh, we're so happy to be, you know, quarantined together. <laughs> And and there are some couples like that. I mean, I've been lucky. Me and my wife, we both, both of us have kind of had jobs where we do, we end up spending a lot of time together anyway. So this is just, you know, it's a little extra time, but both of us, we've set up the house that if need be, my, my office is in another room. Yeah. So. Same. Like I went upstairs to my official office, but normally I just work downstairs, but I'm like, eh, if yeah. it gets loud, you know, I just, so I, yeah, I can segregate if I need to be. Otherwise we just all kind of yeah. work out, you know, work in the same area. Yeah. We've got a big enough house that we can, we can segregate if we need to be. So, and I have my, I have, I got lucky where I started a gym before this in my house. Yeah. And then it was like, I never really put it together though. I had all this stuff. But it was like, I never like went through and actually made everything, you know, an actual functioning gym because I'm like, the gym is less than a mile away. I can just get in the car and go to the gym. Right. You know, why, why set all this up? But I mean, I still wanted it all because, you know, I'm not going to get rid of it because what if sudden someday I decide I needed it? Well, luckily I kept it. I was going to say good thing. Because I will say, and I've been, I've been keeping, there's a few key pieces that I need and some things that I'm like, Ooh, this would be really yep. handy. Yeah. And the price is what people are paying. I, I just yeah. do my coworkers. He's like, Hey, I'm going to, I think I'm going to sell my treadmill. And I'm like, one, that's a really nice treadmill. And two, sell it on Facebook. Cause you're going to get way more than what I'm going to give you for it. So <laughs> I'm like, take advantage of what's going on right now because people are buying up anything they can get for their home. Oh, they are. And that's one of the things where I got lucky. I mean, cause I have a treadmill and I mean, honestly, my treadmill is probably 15, 20 years old, but it works. You know, and I have have an elliptical, I have a full like punching bag set up, Nice. you know, and then I have, and actually I just got it like a week and a half ago, a full, like, um, you know, weight set with the, the pulley system ones that a friend of mine, yep. A good friend of mine, a OCR family member, basically, you know, sent me a message and says, Hey, you know, I'm cleaning up my garage and I have this and I don't want it anymore. Do you want it? And I'm like, yeah, sure. How much do you want? She's like, I'll bring it. When do you want me to drop it off? I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Twist my arm. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, with a pull up bar and a dip too. So that's awesome. So it's like, so I've set up this little area and it's kind of one of those things I was telling the wife, I'm like, I'm not sure if I need the gym membership after this is over. You know, that's my big thing is. I told yeah. my husband, I was like, I can build a garage gym and not spend $200 a month on a membership and just buy equipment, you know, every month with that money. And it's worked out swimmingly that now I'm just waiting for the pandemic to be over. And all these people that have equipment and realize, oh, I'm yes. never going to use this, start selling it for cheap. I am scooping all of it up. <laughs> it's all yeah, going to be my Cause I know there's a few things I would like a newer treadmill. I mean, mine works, but I would like a newer one, you know, and then I also, I need a bike. I don't have an exercise bike. That's the one thing I've like been looking for, for like a while, but it's really hard to get a used one, you yeah. know, see, I want to so, really see, I want that too. Cause actually my, my 18 year old, that's his favorite thing to do. Every time we go to the gym, he'll sit on the row machine for an hour. If I let him. Oh my God, good for him, but I am an hour. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I'm like, how, aren't you tired? And he's like, yeah, but this is great. And I'm like, okay, whatever you're working out. I mean, I'm not going to argue with your, your workout, whatever. So, but yeah, 
Um, you know, and that's, we all have our own things. So, and that's the nice part, you know, like I got the, the, the nice one was is a, another OCR family member gave me the, the punching bag setup. Um, good friend, James Tinko and his girlfriend, Kelly gave me that they were done with it. They have a rule pretty much. If they haven't used something in a year, they basically find someone who wants it and gives it to them and they hadn't used it in a while. So it's like, oh, okay, which is super awesome. I which it was because so I have a 70 pound, or I think it's actually an 80 pound Everlast bag that I've had since I was 14. Oh my gosh. When we got the new house, I'm like, I couldn't find anywhere to hang it. And then they said, Hey, do you want this, you know, punching bag set up, you know, with the, cause it's the hanger, everything. And I'm like, uh, yeah. So oh yeah. James Tinko is cool. I love him, but yeah, I had everything I needed, but I just, you know, nothing, nowhere to hang it at the house. So, and that's the other thing we're looking at a house. We should be getting in, hopefully buying a new house, you know, depending on this pandemic, um, hopefully July or August, we'll be buying a new house. Congratulations. That's exciting. That was one thing I told my husband. I'm like, we have the garage. We're not parking the cars in it. Like we live in Texas. Mm -hmm. We don't have to worry about snow. We're parking outside and the garage is going to be a gym. So I've actually built a, uh, a force five rig in the garage as well. (laughs) So yeah, my husband and son, my son and I rock climb as well. So he loves getting around on it and doing stuff. And, um, it's been so, so handy, but yeah, I just keep like, Ooh, where else can I hang an anchor? Where else can I drill this? (laughs) Like for my neighbors walk past or like, what is going on in there? Like what is happening? They're swinging from the ceiling. I'm like, yeah, whatever keep going and see that's the thing is i mean we've been looking because we're we're trying to find in what we want because where i'm at now we have an acre and or actually almost two acres um but we rent and the play it's we get it decent because basically they're going to demo the house and build apartments so but they're just waiting for permits so that's one of the reasons we have to move but so i have i've built obstacles out in the yard i have a full like eight foot wall i have a um uh, a Z wall that I actually haven't put up yet and a bunch of other stuff. So I have obstacles that I built for my yard. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. My HOA would definitely not be happy with me if I did that. So that's <laughs> what we're looking when we buy a house. It's like, we need to make sure we have enough room that I can have, you know, the workout room and the obstacles Let's outside. So I, I'm hoping for like two to three acres because I actually want to set up a course in oh, my yard. Awesome. Heck yeah. And then I want to also there, have, have people over. Yep. <laughs> And that's, that's exactly what we're thinking, you know, BeastNet, you know, you know, workouts and stuff. And then I want to build like have either, you know, a garage to build, you know, put all my workout stuff into or, you know, a, a shed that's big enough, you know, yeah, to do that. So, well, I know but where I'm, also, I'm in Washington. I know where I'm coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know the other thing I want too is I want to make sure that I have enough room too, that I can actually build the studio so that I can, you know, when I'm recording, I can go out in the studio and stuff like that. Plus my 18 year old, he's working on getting, doing stuff, voiceover work and all that kind of stuff. So Ooh, having a, cool. a studio would be amazing for us. Cause I do another radio show, um, that I go into a studio out in Tacoma for, and oh, awesome. I want to be able to, if I built my own studio, I can just record there and send the, the file to the studio. So, oh yeah, no driving, no traffic. <laughs> That's amazing. And I can pick whenever, you know, when I'm doing the studio there, I have to, you know, schedule it like, okay, I'm going to do the, do this time so that, you know, that it's, and then get people out there if I want guests. So if I did it here at my house, it's like, Hey, you know, let's have a barbecue. And when we're done, Hey, let's go step out in the studio and record an episode. Yeah. You know, and I can do whatever I want. Yeah. 
so that's the the hopes eventually but so so how how are you like in texas i mean it sounds like i mean if i'm in texas i mean for my job occasionally i have to travel if i'm ever in texas i'm coming over your house to use your gym but real yeah hit me up i'm right outside of austin um so we full disclosure we hated alaska so i think anywhere we went after alaska would have been you know oh my god this is amazing but where we are in we're about an hour from austin um, so where my husband's, you know, at for his work. And then of course I work downtown Austin. We're kind of splitting our commute. So we each drive about, you know, uh, 40 to 60 miles one way. So it's a, it's a hell of a commute, but we love the area that we're in. Um, an hour That's from awesome. downtown Austin, an hour from wine country, a couple hours from San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, the beach. I mean, we couldn't be in a better location for us. There's a ton normally. <laughs> non-pandemic timeframe, there's normally always something going on. So whether there's an obstacle course race, a road race, a trail race, um, some kind of a festival, concerts, I mean, you name it, we literally have everything at our fingertips. So yeah. we are, I think we have definitely found home for a while. Um, his time and service will be up in six years and we kind of have intentions of staying in Texas for a while. So kind of settling down, nice. calling this home home for a bit. Um, we're pretty, you know, we don't mind moving. We don't mind, you know, we love traveling. So this is a good spot for that too, but it'll be nice to be one place for a while. Kind of put some roots down, you know, yeah. <laughs> somewhere. See, and I can't say much. I've always lived pretty much where I'm at. Uh, I have always lived in this area. I mean, I did live in Eastern Washington for about a year, but yeah, no, it's pretty much always been here, but I, I've always loved traveling. So, and it seems like Texas would be one of those places that, you know, you could pretty much go anywhere. It's, it's got a huge couple huge airports that are hubs and all that. So we're we're scuba divers. So for us having, you know, the weather's warm, there's plenty of places to go diving and it's very easy to get to most of like all the places I love to dive are in Central America and then into South America. Flights mm-hmm. from here to there are so easy. So it makes it even easier and cheaper. So I can hopefully be getting into, you know, some more trips and things now that we're getting settled. And once the pandemic lifts that we can get down there and start, you know, instead of one or two yeah, trips yeah. a year, maybe a couple of dive trips a year, or even go and dive on the coast of um, Texas, you can dive the oil rigs. And, you know, just some, some neat diving like that, that a lot of people don't get to experience. See, that sounds awesome because that's now you're talking to my my heart because I love scuba diving. But my biggest problem is, is I know nobody else up here that scuba dives. So I had I I had a friend who, you know, we scuba dived together in our early in our teens and early 20s. And then we kind of drifted apart. And then I've never had another friend who who scuba dived. So it's kind of one of those things. I mean, anybody who's a scuba diver knows what the main issue with that is. You don't scuba dive alone. Never, never, ever. Yeah. No, no, with no partner. It's like, you know, and my, my wife has wants nothing to do with it. Even when we're in Hawaii, I'm like, let's go scuba diving. And she's like, yeah, we can just, we can just snorkel. It's the same thing. I'm like, no, no, it's (laughs) not. not. No, you don't snorkel with tiger sharks, but you can dive with them. (laughs) Very big difference. (laughs) You know, and it's just, it's yeah. And and that's kind of the big thing. And so it's, yeah, I really miss that. I mean, I took, I became certified in scuba diving when I was 16. Yeah. So my so. son, actually, I got him certified when he was 10. That was his nice. present because um, I was a single mom at the time. It was just me and him. So he was my 
he was going to be my dive buddy, my dive partner. And it's funny now, my husband got certified um, when we were on our honeymoon, actually, in Vietnam. Uh, I went to Vietnam and Cambodia for our honeymoon, which was awesome. Nice. <laughs> His birthday and honeymoon gift was I got him certified. And when we go places, the three of us to dive, everybody always looks at my son and is like, well, how many dives do you have? And his response every time is more than him. And he points to my husband and the dive shops just like, oh, okay, then. (laughs) All right. I'm like, he's not wrong. He's been diving longer and has more dives. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. That is, I mean, that, cause that's for me, I started when I was 16. Cause I had, you know, the, like I said, the friend that we dived with, you know, for my teen years and then into my twenties, he, his dad was a police rescue diver. Oh, super cool. So he would take us, I mean, I've been snorkeling with him and all that stuff for years. We used to go crabbing, um, out here and, you know, in Washington out in the, the sound, but our way of crabbing was that we'd put on, you know, a wetsuit and a snorkel and we just lay on the top and wait, and wait. Yep. And down and snag it. So, I mean, I'd been doing stuff forever when I was 16. It's fine. Like, let's go scuba diving, but we need to get you certified. So me and you know, my friend went through the class together and it was, it was so funny. Just, I can remember sitting in the class and we got in trouble because the ceiling was 60 feet and I sink. <laughs> yep. you put me in water and I sink. I'm on the bottom. And when we were diving, we knew there was a boat, a sunken boat that you could go play on. Oh, so we're like, okay. Well, we're gonna go play on the boat and we're going along and all of a sudden we're sitting there and I feel my buddy grab my back and my, my leg. And I turn around and look at him. And I'm like, what? And he's pointing at his gauges and I'm like, <laughs> what? So I look at my gauge. I'm down at 90 feet. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> oops. <laughs> so then, of course, we're like, okay, now we got to get back. We got to figure out the decompression. We got to, you know, we're trying to yeah. do this underwater. Like we were only supposed to go to 60. So that's all we thought about. Yeah. So it was. And then we get up and we're sitting there and the dive master's looking around and checking everybody on and everyone. We're like looking at our gauges, trying to clear them. Like, yeah. How, how can we fix this? How do we make this more obvious? Oh, no. How do we make this not say 90? And he just kind right. of looks at him and says, you know, he looks at both of us and says, yeah, it would be you two that did that. They just kind of moved on. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, as long as you didn't rush, you know, you're, you're coming up and you did the yeah. impression. It's yeah, we'd, nice And that first. was kind of it too. He knew because we were late coming up. Yeah. Oh, exactly. So. I mean, he, yeah, there was no doubt. My, uh, the first, when I first got certified in Belize, I did the blue hole dive, which they took us down to a oh. oh, it was amazing. But we went down about 119 or so feet. And, um, I mean, I was only open water at the time. So I was only supposed to go to 60, but of course, because it's a specialty dive, kind of a one-time, you know, thing and mm-hmm. they make exceptions. But yeah, I was just, it was so weird. I was like, I was panicking. I'm like, oh my God. Okay, no, I'm going to blow through my air. I got to stay calm. And then afterwards, I'm like, all right, that's it. I need to get advanced. Like, this is awesome. (laughs) And see, that was my thing is I got beginner and then I did the advanced. But then it's like, you know, I've had a few friends say, oh, well, let's go do it. And they're like, well, you wouldn't have to take a class. And I'm like, it's been 15 years Oh, since yeah. I put on gear. So yeah, I would take a class. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know it's been. Don't mess with. No, yeah. for sure. That's that's my biggest thing. And like even some of the deeper dives are cool. I mean, I my last dive trip, I don't think I think my last dive trip actually was to the Marshall Islands. Uh, it was actually a work trip that I also got to dive on, which was pretty that's always pretty awesome when it you know works hand in hand that way. But there's um World War II shipwrecks in the harbor there. So it was great to actually oh. dive those wrecks at like a hundred and you know, twenty feet. 
Um, your bottom time, of course, isn't great because you're down so far, yep. but it was to one of those, like, this is awesome. But I tell everybody, I mean, you see the best stuff, I think around like 40 to 60, most of the time. Probably you do. And I mean, but there, there's some cool ones around here. Um, I know up in Edmonds, there's an actual water park. There's a park that has a bunch of cool stuff where I think they've sunk. I think it's a 737 out there nice. that you can go play in. Um, there's, you can d- dive under the narrows and see the old, I've done that one. But you have to, it's a, there's a bad current. So you have to be careful because you will, if you're not careful, you end up, you know, a mile down from where you started. Yeah. Diving. <laughs> but, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but it's one of those things you got to, but yeah, you can see the old bridge that fell down, down the wreckage oh, is still down. That is cool. So it's some of the cars. Um, there is a, a giant Pacific octopus down there though. Oh. So you have to watch out for that as well. So I know a couple people I've, I've never seen it, but I've heard stories of others, you know, that have seen like all of a sudden they were down there spearfishing and felt something grab their fish and they look down, it's a tentacle and they're like, okay. And they start okay. pulling back and they get yeah. like 15, 20 feet back pulling on the tentacle and it's still there. They're like, cool, you can have it. I'm out. Right. You exactly. Know. Like, all right, you win. You win this one. Yeah, I'll you win. cut the line. You win. <laughs> I ain't that hungry. <laughs> But, you know, so, I mean, there's some cool stuff around here. And that's one of the things a lot of people don't think about, you know, I mean, because the water's not warm. You you really want a dry suit out here. I've used a wetsuit out here, but you really want a dry suit because it gets cold, you know. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was actually, I was in Vancouver right before this whole pandemic thing started for work. And I was looking at some of the diving up there because they they do. They have some really cool. I mean, you can go yeah. dive, yeah. Uh, you know, seals and the pups and everything. And I'm like, oh, my God, that'd be so cool and just so fun. And it was wetsuit or dry suit. And I'm like, eh, I've never done dry suit. I'm definitely more of a warm water kind of person, but someday I'll, I'll brave up and do the dry suit. Yeah. I've never done it, but it was one of those things. I always did wetsuit out here because I'm just like, whatever. I'm one of those people. I don't really get cold that easy. So it never bothered me. Um, in fact, when I knew I was one of the very last dives I did, I had my own wetsuit, but I bought it when I was 16. Um, and <laughs> as I turned like 21, 22, it was getting a little tight, but I'm yeah. like, Oh, it'll be fine. And the last, one of the last times I went, I put on my jacket, you know, I had the, the farmer John and then I put the jacket over the top and then I yes. zipped it up and I really kind of had to suck in and get that in there. <laughs> and the second I like let out the zipper just snapped just went and I'm like, okay, well that's not going to work, but let's go anyway. So I just went with the farmer, John and no jacket. Oh my and God. <laughs> we were out there for probably about 30 or 40 minutes. And I finally looked at my body and I'm like, I need to go back in. And he's like, yeah. why are you too cold? And I'm like, no, I'm not cold at all anymore. I need to go back in. <laughs> oh that, yeah. That's a problem. Like that's yeah. not good. Let me get to that point. Yeah. And that's, Yeah. I mean, that's why I like warm water. And that's why I never dove in Alaska. There was, you can dive in Alaska, same thing. There's, you know, dry suit diving. And there is one, there is one dive up there that I will, someday I will make it a point to go do it. Um, They have, it's one of the few places in the world that have salmon sharks. So salmon sharks look like mini great whites, but because they primarily eat pink salmon, they actually have a pink tint to them. So they look like oh. a little pink great white. I shouldn't say little. I mean, there's still like six to 10 feet long, but obviously yeah. much smaller than a great white. <laughs> and everyone's always like, you're insane. You like to dive with sharks. Yes. Yes, I do. I, I love diving with sharks. Um, I've always wanted to. Oh, it's a, you have to go take your refresher and go do it. It is my absolute favorite thing to do in the world. Um, but yes, I will definitely go back to Alaska though and do it. It's just, it's a very expensive trip. I mean, 4,500, I believe per person. 
um, which Ooh. was just me going, I mean, whatever, but I'm like, there's three divers in my family. I'm like, that's a pretty hefty uh, tab for a local dive trip when we were there. So, but I mean, yeah. out there you've got to, you know, go, you got to drive 10 hours to get down to the, to the Harbor and then a three hour boat ride. And then, I mean, so it's, it's, you know, it takes a while to get there. It's not an easy thing yeah. to do, but yeah. I'm like, it would be so worth it. Cause they're all the pictures and videos I've seen. They're such a cool, it's just such a different shark. So I'm like, that would be that would be so and like i said i've always wanted to dive with the sharks but my problem is there's like like i said nobody around me wants to dive so i definitely wanted to get my refresher and you know find someone to go diving with and you know i loved it he looks like a facebook page i bet there's like a facebook page somewhere in that area because it's so big big there that you could just hey looking for a dive buddy and somebody to go out with because that would be incredible to get back out there it's always better under the water Oh, it is. That's what I always tell people. It, it took me a while. I will be honest. When I first started doing it, the hardest part for me was the first time I put on the tanks and went underwater. And then when they told me to breathe, like every part of my brain was fighting me going, don't do it. You're underwater. <laughs> yes. You can't breathe. And then finally you start breathing. You're like, okay, I can do this. You know, and it, it took a little while. Yeah. And then I had on one of my dives, I had an issue where I had a sinus that wasn't quite right i was you know battling a sinus infection and i I thought i was over it and then we got down to about 50 feet 40 or 50 feet and i couldn't get one of my ears to clear uh, to equalize so i finally got it to equalize and i'm like cool we're good and we started going and all of a sudden you know my my partner is pointing at my mask and i'm like what and i'm like is it filled with water or something and i tilt my head down and all you could see was blood and basically when i when i cleared it i had actually given myself a nosebleed so my mask was actually filling with blood i'm like oh this is awesome yeah that's oh my god I've never had that, thankfully, but I did, um, I did blow my ear on a night dive in Honduras. Um, I ran out of air and oh. yeah, I was really, ner- I mean, it was, I was, I was close enough to the surface that I could go. Cause when I grabbed my dive buddy's um, octopus and, you know, threw it in my mouth, the valve inside had somehow gotten flipped. So I was getting half air, half water. So I totally blew oh. her safety stop and just surface. But I mean, I, I couldn't breathe. I was like, I can't do a safety stuff. I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah, so it was yeah. surface and had ear. I mean, it's till this day. Now when I go down, it's hard to, um, equalize. It just, I can get there. It just takes me a little longer than it used to. And, um, but yeah, that's kind of a pain because there's permanent damage now to the ear and my right side, but yeah, work around it. I mean, you know, hazards of the trade, I guess. Yeah. Like I said, that's definitely something I want to get back into. It's one of those things. I miss it. And I mean, all the stories, when I think about all the stuff that I did, I remember being 18 years old and uh, my girlfriend at the time and her brother, we all went out to diving in Hawaii where it's always weird to me that you can go diving in Hawaii without a certification. Yeah. So, if, you, if you give somebody enough money for anything, not will let you yeah. do it. <laughs> so it was me and her brother. And what was funny, she got like one tank because she didn't have a certification. Me and her brother both were certified divers. So we got two tanks. Yep. So we got to go down for a lot longer. We had a lot more air, but oh, um, I actually had uh, the, the crazy experience. I came up and over a reef and became face to face with a turtle. Oh, I love it. Like, I mean, it was two feet from me and its head was probably as big as mine. And I did the funniest thing where all of a sudden, like, you know, when you see something, you get that shock and your mouth opens. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what I did. And all of a sudden it's like, well, there went my regulator. You're like, oh, so, I, need that. I need that. That's kind of important. Kind of need yep. that. <laughs> but yeah, 
So it, luckily, you know, they teach you, that's why they teach you the pinwheel with your arm. So you can grab the, you know, hose and get exactly. it, but make it so much easier. Somehow in my flailing and pinwheeling, I knocked my mask loose too. So now I'm blind and can't breathe. It's like, okay, let's get the, let's get the air back so I could breathe and then I'll get the mask figured out. But yeah. Yes. Like, okay, so. calm down, take a minute. Yep. Everything's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yes. Everything's fine. It's, It'll be fine. Don't panic. Yeah. Yes. The mask thing worries me more than the regulator. Cause I'm like, I'm flexible enough. I can, you know, I'm pretty good at getting the, the regulator back over, but I wear contacts. So in the, the oh, whole regular, with the whole mask thing, I know if I, I have to open my eyes. I'm pretty much going to be blind the rest of the dive because my contact will probably come out. And I mean, when I say I'm blind, I'm legally blind. Like my prescription is super, super duper strong that I can't see, you know, six inches in front of my face without my contacts. So it would be, it would be really bad. (laughs) I I had a friend that had that. My friend's dad, that was a police diver. He actually, what he did, because he didn't want to wear contacts and he was legally blind without his glasses. So he paid the extra money. His face mask was actually the prescription lenses. But that, I think they were, I mean, and this was 20 something years ago. So I think they were close to like $1,500 or something. It was some godly amount. Yeah, they're a lot cheaper now, but like, I don't even like wearing my glasses, let alone having a prescription mask. So I was like, yeah, I just don't see that happening. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just take the odds. I just always am careful that I either leave the pack or I leave plenty of space with the person in front of me so they don't accidentally kick it off. Yep. <laughs> and I know the one thing that I've tried to do and I've tried to find is the, the fins that I used to have. Yeah. The fins. <laughs> They were from like the seventies and eighties <laughs> and they were those rubber, like basically like strapping a two by six to your foot. There was no give to them, nothing, but you know, it really made your legs. But I was a mountain biker. I was, so my legs were strong anyway, but yeah, oh, yes, kicking with those, it was like a speedboat. You just, everyone's like, how do you go so fast? I'm like, my fins don't bend. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and your legs were strong too. Cause oh, yeah. like that's when I, whenever we go down and dive and stuff, people are always amazed when we surface. Cause you know, we typically are on like a front of boat with other people and whatnot. So it's yep. okay. Yep. If the first person's got to come up, we're all coming up for safety, which I totally understand and get we'll surface. And I still have like half a tank and everybody else is down to, you know, like three bar and they're like, how are you? So, and I'm like, guys, I just, I'm an athlete. I know how to breathe and control. I don't yep. blow yep. through my air and you know, it's, yeah. So it's always, it's always great. They're like, Oh, you could have stayed down if you would have told a dive master. I'm like, I was signaling you, but you were focused elsewhere. So it's fine. I'm like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> and that's it. You know, when, with being an athlete and scuba diving a lot, you, you get used to how to breathe. And you see that a lot with newer, newer divers that breathe. So they're panicking. And when you panic, you go through your, you just blow right through your air. It's just gone. I'm like, you're yeah. going to down for 30 minutes. How are you already here? Take my octopus and just stay at my side. Like I got plenty to spare. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. I oh, love it. God, I can talk about diving. Now I'm see, I can. Now I want to, yeah, me too. Now I'm like, now I need to find a buddy and, you know, go spend all the money and get all the gear again. That's the part yeah. too, is my wife keeps looking at me. She's like, you want to do this? And then she starts looking at the gear and she's like, yeah, you're at your mind. She's yeah. like, you have all this equipment, you know, workout equipment and everything else. And now you want to pick another hobby, hobby that's even more expensive. She's like, you're out your mind. That's always what I say too. I'm like, I have the most expensive hobbies between OCR, scuba diving, and I have a Jeep Wrangler. So yep. like, I apparently don't know what a cheap hobby is. And people are like, oh, well, running's not that expensive. And I'm like, do you know how many shoes, how many pairs of shoes I go through? Yep. And like how expensive each pair is? I'm like, no, trust me. It's not that cheap. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know that's what I'm looking at right now is because, you know, once the OCR season comes back, I need new shoes because I've been, I, I like my Innovates, but they're too narrow and I've been having a yeah. lot of foot issues. And I think it's partly because of that. So I want to try a different shoe. So I need to get new OCR shoes. Plus during this pandemic, me and Dawn have been doing, you know, I had a friend that challenged me to do 50 miles this month. I hit that on day 10. So, <laughs> so I've been really pushing my running and everything else. So, I mean, my shoes, I'm like, yeah, those are toast. I need another pair of those. And, you know, my wife's like, really, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You can't go anywhere, but still you're blowing through your shoes. I'm like, whatever. I got I actually, so I just bought a new pair because with my piriformis acting up, I was like, okay, I think my, I normally will run in Sacconis. I just really, they've always done me well. Um, so I've been running in those for a few years, but I would notice like, I'm just been having, I'm where I'm blowing through them quickly and I don't do, I'm not a, I'm a short distance person. I like picking yeah. heavy yeah. shit up and putting it down and doing short, like I'm talking like less than three miles. <laughs> so I don't put a ton of miles on them, but I also am not good about like lifting in different shoes than when I run in. So that's also kind of a, I'm trying to be better about that. Um, but I got something that's a little bit more padded. I did try, I've got a pair of Hoka's right now that I'm trying. And it's not, they're not the super thick, like, you know, traditional hokas where you feel like you're walking yeah. on clouds. Like I feel like Super Mario, you know, off of like, he's yeah. got the clouds on his feet. It's not that bad. It's their, uh, the Mach 2, I think is what I got. I actually <laughs> really like them. They still have a minimal drop, but they do have more cushion than what the Sacconis did, um, which is helping with the piriformis syndrome because I'm getting a little bit more padding. So it's not as much, you know, impact and everything on my bad joints and stuff um but i was actually pleasantly surprised because i was always like i'll never wear hokas no way oh and, yeah. well, i'm convert now i don't know <laughs> my wife loves them i've tried them but i've never tried those ones i always had the ones you know the thick sole and i'm like this doesn't feel right right it feels like i'm nice. walking on like a marshmallow i don't like it yes yeah so that's I actually, um, Nicole Miracle, I reached out to her because I know she was a, she used to work for Hoka. Um, so I kind of picked her brain on it and asked her and she uses the mock as well for her short yeah. distance training. And she did explain. So I was like, I don't want to feel like, you know, Super Mario. Like I cannot boing, boing. Like I don't want that much of a bounce. I'm bouncing yeah. enough yeah. as it is. Um, and she was right though. These ones, they do, they have just enough cushion that it's helping with, you know, some of my, you know, nagging injury type of things. But I also like, they're not too bouncy either. So it's a good in-between. Um, and they're a little, yeah. they're a little wider too, because I've got the same problem. The innovates for me are way too narrow. Yeah. And see, and, and the hard part too, is my wife gets mad. Cause I have to have, I don't, I won't do OCRs in my running shoes and I won't run in my OCR shoes. Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> She's like, what's the difference? I'm like quite a bit actually, but yes. like, so I wear my, my Sacconi, uh, what are the ones I race in? Cause I race in a pair of Sacconi trail shoes that I really, oh, the Peregrines, the Peregrine ones. I've heard um, those are really I, good. I've, I've actually, that was the first pair I did my very first Spartan worlds. I wore a pair, loved them, kept wearing them, started trying some other ones, but I keep finding myself going back to them. Um, they just hold <laughs> up really, really well. Yeah. See the ones that I, I had that I really liked was I had the, uh, when what, like 2015 or 16, I think it was when Spartan had the deal with Reebok and they made the, made the Reebok like all trains. Yeah. Those ones were actually the very first model was really good. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what it was. They changed something the next year and I didn't like them. 
they didn't work. They, it hurt. But if I could go back, like the shoes that got me when I first started running and they don't even, the brand doesn't even exist anymore. It was pearlized Zoomies. And pearlized oh, yeah, I remember those. I loved those for like long distance because that's when I was running like half marathons and marathons and running like three miles every day and like not doing like I do now where I'm kind of jog walking or wogging as I like to call it. But okay, I was I, like it. <laughs> I was full on, you know, running like at least three miles a day, you know, doing, you know, you know, sub 10 minute miles and everything. I the pearlized yeah. zoomies was Cause I was going to quit. I was like, I can't do this. Cause I had so much pain in my legs because of uh skin splints and all that. And then all of a sudden I went to a running store and they're like, try these and handed me the Pearl Izumis. And after that, like everything went away. See, but it's amazing it was, what a good running store can do. Yeah. Oh yeah. And good running shoes right now I'm using for like road running. I use the Brooks and for regular running, the Brooks work really well for, you know, keeping, I still get the calf cramps, but the calf cramps, no matter what shoe I wear, I get calf cramps for the first mile and then they just work themselves out and I'm fine. Oh, weird. So yeah, weird. the Brooks never, like I, I've tried, um, running stores kept telling me like, oh, these are gonna be great for you. And as soon as I put the Brooks on, I get shin splints. I don't know what it is. And I have a history of shin splints, like from high school, yeah. my entire <laughs> high school track career was plagued with shin splints. So I'm just like, yep, ghost, like the, the, you know, um, well, that was the, the ghost was the one that they had kept putting me in, but yeah, they just, the Brooks don't do not work for me. And that's it is one thing I always find funny that, you know, I see people, um, always asking, you know, my, my community has a Facebook page and people ask some of the yep. craziest yep. shit in there. I'm like, that's what Google's for. Like, where's the closest DMV? I bet you Google yeah. could tell yeah. you, you don't need Facebook to do oh, yeah. that. Anyways, there's a gal shoes. shoes. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, she's like, well, what shoes should I wear? And I'm like, and I of course get on there, you know, because like all these people are like, well, I wear this, I do this. Oh, I'm like, oh, I have me too, me too, me too, all these, all these. And I'm like, listen, yeah. that what works for them may not work for you. And I'm like, here's why. And like I gave like a very detailed, you know, like pronation, supination, this, that, yeah. the other, like the whole. And I was like, you know, you can message me if you want. I'm happy to like meet with you and see how you run and try to help. Like, I'm not a professional, but like I, I've done this a lot. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've got a background in this kind of thing. Um, if you really want advice, I'm willing to give it to you. Never heard from her nothing. And then she just was like, All okay, right. ladies, I think I'm going to go with like the consensus. And I'm like, and you're a pine cone. Like, you're an idiot. <laughs> I was like, no, yeah. you have to figure out what works for you. <laughs> oh, and it's so true. And I mean, that's it. Because when I first started running, of course, it was Nike's. Because, you know, this was 15 years ago. And if you ran or you did any sport, you wore Nikes. And I, I was wearing Nikes all the time. And if I, you look back, I look back at pictures of me doing half marathon stuff. There was a, a brand of or a, a Nike shoe that was bright orange that I loved. But I got horrible shin splints. And I'm like, what is wrong? Why am I, how am I training wrong? And that's when I finally went to the running store. And they're like, um, yeah, you need to get rid of the Nikes. I'm yeah, like, but oh Nikes, Nikes are the, the, they're the best, right? And they're like, yeah, the creme creme. like they were, yeah. oh yeah, everybody, I did the same thing and then they killed me, but I was like, I have to wear them. Cause these are the yeah. shoe. And then I got, these are is. I don't care. <laughs> I need yeah. to go to some, when I went to the running store, they're like, no, you need to get rid of the Nikes and here, try these pearl Izumis. And I put them on and it was like, all of a sudden, like with the Nikes, I would have shin splints within like a hundred miles or a hundred feet. And then I freaking put on the pearl Izumis and I did a half marathon, like a week later and i'm like there's no pain in my legs like, so it wasn't this? my training it was the shoes you know there we go and that's it and that's when i was like that was the defining moment when i'm like oh 
shoes are different for different people, you know, and it's like, this is what they, they keep telling me. It's funny. Cause I just recorded another episode where I was talking to someone about diets and stuff like that, where, you know, cause I've dropped about 40 pounds in the last four months and Congrats, that's amazing. Every, yeah, everyone's like, how'd you do it? What did you do? Tell me your secret. And I'm like, well, hold on. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. my yeah. secret for me, isn't going to be the same secret for you. I mean, for me, it was just a mix of weight watchers and working out. You know, I'm just watching what I eat and working out. And I mean, I finally listened to my trainer who kept telling me, your diet's your problem. Yes. It's, <laughs> She's it's like, you can work out all you want, but you keep eating garbage, garbage yeah, in, you, garbage out. It's, you know, yeah. You can't out-train a bad diet. And that's one thing that I always, I am, I will say, I'm definitely a little genetically blessed in the fact that I've, my entire life, I pretty much walk around with a six-pack. Like even, I've been yeah. me as a kid with a rock-hard six-pack. Like, I mean, it's, people are like, that's ridiculous. And I'm like, I mean, I was a gymnast. I just, I have the build. I have the body. Like it's just genetically how I'm made. And I do, Mm -hmm. I eat very well. I mean, sure. I drink a lot of wine and some Tito's, you know, here and there, but I mean, I also, for the most part, I eat clean. I eat well. And every time I go to the pool or I go somewhere, I'm in a bikini. Everybody's like, Oh my God. Like, how do I get those abs? Like you must do a million sit-ups. And I'm like, actually, I don't hardly ever do sit-ups. Like that's not going to help you with a six pack. Like there's so many skewed things out there on fitness and diet and ever and, and like you said, it's what works for me may not work for you. Yeah. And what works for the next person may not work. I mean, there's so many different variants out there that and, and even for me, I mean it's trial and error because bodies change over time. I used to be yep. super curve sensitive. Like I always joke, like I could look at a loaf of bread and I'll like I just gained five pounds. Like, but just by looking at it, I didn't even have to eat it. I just looked at yeah. it. And now as I've gotten older and my body's transitioning again, I finally am able to eat carbs, which is helping my cardio and my running and my training so much because I knew I needed it, but I would gain weight. Like I couldn't, no matter what I did, my body was just very sensitive to it. And it's finally now not so sensitive that I'm like, oh, holy crap. Like I had a piece of bread earlier with some butter, with my eggs, and I was all excited and I knew it's not going to affect me, but it's going to be great for when I work out later. So it's, it's, it's you, know, you got to figure it out over time of what works and then keep playing with it. Cause that's not going to work your entire life. Oh no. And cause that's the thing is a lot of people, you know, if you see pictures of me in high school, I graduated high school at 140 pounds. My nickname was thick boy, but I mean, I was active. I, yeah. I, cause everyone's like, if you turn sideways and stick your tongue out, you know, no one would be able to see you if you didn't exactly. stick your tongue out, you know, it's just, you, you, there's nothing there. But I mean, I was a very athletic too. I played baseball. I uh, was a mountain biker. I played tennis, you know, I played all these sports, but I also had a metabolism that just would not stop. Like, oh and plus God. I had two parents that were, you know, were overweight. So they were always on a diet. So there was never food in my house. Ah, uh, yeah. So, so it was kind of one of those, it's like, I get you guys are on a diet, but I need to gain weight. You know, yeah, I was there. I would go to GNC and get the freaking like that, the, the big, huge tubs of weight gain. The weight gainer. Like, yes. The weight gainer and take like double the dose. And I'm still like losing weight. I'm like, what is wrong? You know? Happening and then here. all of a sudden, yeah, I turned, you know, like 24, 25. And all of a sudden I went from like one sixty to like two two thirty. You're like, what just like, happened? Like, yeah. I'm like, what happened? You know, and my metabolism finally went, okay, cool. We've been working really hard for about twenty something years. We're done now. 
Oh my God. You know, yeah, and when then, I was a gymnast and everything, my parents yeah. would laugh that I had a hollow leg because they're like, you are like, you're so small. Like you're a ball of muscle, like, but you're so small. And I mean, I'm sure I'm even now I'm only five, two and a half. Yes. The half counts. But yes, it does. when I'm like, you know, people always ask, well, what do you weigh in this? I'm like, you're never going to guess it because you're going to guess way too low, but I'm muscular. I'm dense. Yeah. So even as a kid, I would just and eat and my parents would joke that like people at like the next table over if we were at a restaurant were like hiding their food from me because they were afraid I would take it because I would just sit there and just I was so hungry all the time (laughs) but I trained 25 hours a week I mean I was a competitive gymnast so I mean I was constantly moving and training and everything that I needed it and if only if only my metabolism would go back to that but (laughs) yeah I know that feeling Cause that was a thing for me back then. And it was one of those things I wasn't trained to be a gymnast, but I had so many activities, you know, it wasn't like kids nowadays who where I could sit, you know, even me, I can sit down and I can play a video game for 10 hours and just completely zone out. But back then we went out and we rode our bikes. We went out and we were, you know, played sports, you know, we went out and did, you know, there was a baseball field down the, the road and at least twice a week we we're having a, a pickup baseball game, you know, yeah, with so the neighborhood and yeah. It's funny, funny you mentioned that because my uh, my son's used to it because that's how I am. I'm like, all right, you can play your video games for a little bit, but then I'm kicking you outside and you are going to go, you're going to go play basketball. You're going to go ride your bike. You're going to do, he's actually been getting into mountain biking, which is awesome. So yeah. it's to here. And my stepson is visiting for the summer and he is not used to that because at home he's just allowed to, you know, sit and play video games all day and that's fine. Well, here things are a little different, you know, sorry, but you're in a different house. You're in a different home now. Like, so when I go in and I'm like, all right, time to go outside. Half hour later, he's trying to come in like, okay, I was outside. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking like you're going to be outside for the next five hours. Like, it's yeah. fun. I know it is. Here's some more sunscreen. Here's a glass of water. Go outside and have fun. Like this is, you know, like if I wasn't working, I would be outside. Sometimes I even work outside just to not be inside. <laughs> I'm like, you've got to be active. Do you like the beast net? Do you want to keep hearing it? Be sure to follow us on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, and more at BeastNetPod. Oh yeah, and, and it just amazes me because you think back, you know, when I was a kid. I mean, we just that was normal. You didn't think about, you know, we had Nintendo, but it was like, you know, you played it every once in a while, a little bit here and there, but that was it. And then you would go outside and ride your bike, or you know, play with your friends or whatever, you know. Oh yeah, well I remember as a kid, my parents um, they were trying to decide between getting like central air for the house or installing a pool. And they're, they wound up installing a pool, but we, even though we lived in Ohio, so we're only going to get to use it a few months out of the year because in the summertime, their whole idea was, well, if it's cold inside and, you know, it's, it's hot outside then the kids are going to want to stay inside and not go outside. Whereas if there's a pool, yeah. they can go outside and have fun. So even at like a young age, it was kind of instilled in me to, you know, no, your, your butt's outside. I mean, I used to, my parents built me a, a gymnastics beam and it was outside. I could sit there and go outside and practice. I had gymnastics mats. I'd tumble in my yard. And I mean, I just always found, you know, my brother and sister and I would ride down the bike to this pond where there was a duck and we'd always chase it. The owner told us if we could catch it, it was ours. And he knew we were never going to catch this thing. And so but it, we would spend hours chasing this duck because we wanted a pet duck again. Cause we had a pet duck previously. And, you know, just things like that. that I'm like, the kids these days just don't understand. I'm like, take the electronic no. away. You're not, and I'm guilty at night. I'll sit there and play solitaire on my phone or whatever. But I'm like, that's it's at night. It's after everything else is done. I'm cooling. I'm winding down. You know, it's I'm trying to get away from that more. So I'm like, read a book or something. But you know, it's everybody's guilty. But I try to I try to watch oh, yeah. it because it just it leads to bad things. 
It does. And that was kind of thing, you know, I mean, that's, that's one thing like we're moving, you know, hopefully in a couple months and, you know, buying a house. And one of the things I want to look at is, you know, eventually a pool, because partly for me is uh, I want to do a triathlon. And that's one thing. Once I drop the weight, I really want to do a triathlon. I'm not a good swimmer. (laughs) I'm one of those. It's like my wife says, she's like, you're a really strong swimmer for about 20 feet. And then I'm done. Like, just because I don't. And my, my son kind of has this. I have a little bit of a coordination issue sometimes where like if my I can use my hands or my feet, that's it. I can't do both at the same time when I swim. I can't do it. You know, it's like my son has a coordination issue. He can't ride a bike. I mean, there's something coordination. It's a coordination problem where he just, it doesn't, something in his brain isn't clicking right to be able to work, to ride a bike, like not even a stationary bike. It just, something doesn't work right. So, and the doctors have even said they're like, it's, there's, it's just a coordination issue. It's just something he's going to either figure out how to deal with or just he'll never ride a bike. But okay. But so it's one of those for me for swimming, I'm just not that good at it, but I'm a strong swimmer because I grew up swimming in rivers, but usually when I swam in the river, you only had to swim for 20 feet. Exactly. You're not going across the river or get to something, you know, and swim hard up against the current. So I can swim really good for about 20 feet. But then after that, my body's like, nope, we're done. So that's. That's why I want a pool because I want to try to start doing laps where I could just go out there and do laps and get to a point where, you know, I know if I trained myself, because like I said, I was trained to swim in a river for 20 feet. I never trained to swim for distance, but you know, I don't have anywhere. I don't have anywhere to train for that. So it's like, I need somewhere. And my wife was a swimmer in school. So she always laughs at me and she's like, you swim wrong. And I'm like, shut up. But teach me, show me. That's pretty much it. Yeah. It's like teach me, but then you know, there's no pool. We did have a membership at the Y, and there was a pool, but it got to a point where, like, really, we're spending way too much money for 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 what we're getting. So, you know, it's yeah, yeah, that's definitely but, the hard uh, thing. We're one thing in Texas is every. I mean, it, it's hot here. You know, it's everything yeah. pretty much revolves around water. So there is a plethora of pools, lakes, rivers. You know, dammed off areas that you know, holes of various kinds that, you know, you can go swim in. And luckily our community actually has one pool already built. Um, It actually opens tomorrow. Thank God. Cause it's already in like the nineties in Texas. Um, And it's only there. And oh, it's fantastic. Everybody's like, it's already getting hot. And I'm like, you shut your mouth. I'm like, you don't even understand after Alaska, I will take it. Um, And then the second pool is actually gonna be like right behind our house, which is going to open here. And I think in June, so um, they're still building it. So it'll be nice that I can get them out there too. I can, you know, do some stuff with that and some, you know, in water training. Yeah. And I know I've looked at too, um, the endless pools. So I've thought about it. I've thought about an endless pool because there's one that you can get and I've looked at it because they, you know, every year they, this year, who knows if it's going to happen, but they have the Piot fair and they always have a, a place that sells hot tubs there at the fair. And every year I've been looking for the last couple of years at the, cause they have an endless pool. That's also a hot tub. Yes. Yeah, hot I've tub seen that. So that way, when you're not using it as the endless pool, you can use it as a hot tub. And so that's how I could probably convince my wife. Like I want the endless pool part so I can just, you know, practice distance swimming. But then, you know, you turn off the endless pool and it becomes a hot tub. So it's like, okay, we both win. (laughs) We get a hot tub and I get the endless pool. No, that's a very good point. And those endless pools are, I mean, I've heard really good things from people that have had them. Um, Because you can't even, it doesn't take up the space. You don't, you know, lose a bunch of area, but you can do virtually laps. Just you're in one spot, but the water's moving around you. So it is a very neat area. And then at night, you just crank up the heat and you 
you know, tone it down and now you got a hot tub. So that is a win-win. I agree. (laughs) It is. So, I mean, it's basically like a swimming tread pool and I'm like, or, you know, it's a tread pool, like a treadmill, but a tread pool. So, but yeah, and that's, that's, so, I mean, that's, that's one of the things I want. I mean, if I, when we get the house, that's one of the other things I'm thinking of along with, you know, I want a bike for an exercise bike, but I want the, 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 you know, endless pool so that I can get to that. Cause my goal is to eventually do, you know, a triathlon. So, but my biggest fear is I have no problem. I feel I can do the run. Um, it might take me a little while, but I could do it. Um, sure. the bike, no problem. I mean, I've, you know, I can do the bike easy, but the, the pool, the swimming, you know, and a lot of times it's actually open water. That's yeah. where I'm going to have, that's where I'm going to have problems is I, I don't know if I could swim that distance, you know, yeah. without having yeah. a problem. That is definitely, I mean, it's, I've always thought about doing a triathlon, but again, the whole distance thing for me, I'm always, I mean, I've done half marathons. I mean, hell, I ran a 50 K with, with no training. I 10 out of 10 do not recommend doing that train for whatever race you're going to do. Yeah. But so I know I can do the distance. I know I can do all that. But the thing is, do I really want to put my body through that? Cause my body just doesn't hold up well to that kind of distance, but well, the they do have the, the sprints. And I've looked at those, but then I'm like, am I really going to only do a sprint? Like on my competitive side, and like I just start becoming my own worst enemy of like yep. predicting myself. But the swim for me, I think would be easy because I am a strong swimmer. Um, my thing is just with the open water and that many people, like somebody, you know, starts bringing me under, I'm probably going to punch them. So I'm like, I don't know if this is the right thing for me. <laughs> That's what I've heard from some other people that have done them. And then those are an Ironman where, you know, you, you have a big swim is that they, you end up getting into that pack and you, you know, you either want to be out in front of the pack or behind it. So that way you're not getting kicked. You're not getting, you know, pushed under and stuff like that. And that's where the big, the big issues can come into play is, you know, that, you know, swimming, the swimming part is once you get into the pack. So you got to try and get out of the pack, but that's kind of, you know. And so that's me. I want to, I want to do one. I think what I, I think what I'll do is I'm hoping that once all this opens, cause I had thought about doing, there was one in my hometown like next month, but that it's canceled now, um, of doing a sprint just to kind of, you know, dip my foot in a little bit and see if I can do the swim distance on a sprint, then maybe I can push my, you know, push myself to get ready for, you know, the bigger one, but I definitely need to work on this, this swimming. Yeah. It's just a matter of finding yeah, you know, where can you and, do it? And then I think even and, finding somewhere open water. Cause I mean, that is, it's a big, you know, with diving and stuff too. I mean, you know how different it is when there's waves splashing in your face versus like in a pool where it's, you know, stagnant. Yeah, exactly. And that was it. You know, like I said, with the Y, but the problem that I had at the Y was you had to be, there's only certain hours you could do it and you had to make sure nobody else was, you know, that there was room to do it. Nobody was, you know, there was a lane open and then you'd get somebody who didn't understand how the lanes worked. You know, it's like a car, you stay on the left side, you know, but right, you know, yeah, that would be nice, but that's never gonna happen. <laughs> no, so you're running into people and they're yeah. like, What are you doing? Why are you in my, you know, in my way? I'm like, Because you're on the wrong side of the lane, but yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, that's why I think the endless pools, the, the it's that's the answer. I do, yeah, I agree, I, I concur, I, I, I vote yes on that, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> But I've been told I can't make any big purchases till, you know, we get the house. So I uh, I used to work in the mortgage biz. Definitely do not buy anything. Don't put anything on your credit. Nothing like don't open up any new anything until after you close. (laughs) Yeah. And that's kind of, we we started talking to a mortgage broker right before this happened, right before everything shut down. 
So, and there was a few things on my credit report that we were trying to fix. So I'm working with a credit repair company who has pretty much gotten almost everything negative removed from my credit report. So we're going to see how much it jumps and we paid down a bunch on our credit cards. The big problem we have is somebody wanted a new car in December. So that's still kind of a little bit of a... Barely new. As long as it's posted on there, I mean, it's fine. It's more so the people who... I had somebody go buy a car like the week they were supposed to close. And we have to refresh right before you close to make sure that nothing new has been open. Well, the payment put them outside of allowed, you know... um, payment ratios and income income to payment ratios and uh they weren't very happy when i told them they could no longer have the house because of the car and i'm like i told yeah. you guys not yeah. to open anything like why would you do this literally days before closing i'm like Geez. Yeah. yeah and that was kind of we we bought the car in december just because well my wife is spoiled but um yeah so she just suddenly decided one day she's like hey you know because she, she had a 2017 kia forte Okay. But she she kept telling me it was too it was too small or whatever, and I'm like, okay, you know, well, we'll give it a little bit longer, then maybe we'll look at something else. And right after Christmas, I had just gotten a job offer for a new job, making a lot more money. Yeah. And she's like, well, we need to go get a new service on the Kia. You know, you want to go with me? We can have lunch or something while we, you know while they're doing the service. And I'm like, sure, whatever. We get there. She'd already been talking to the salesman, so she had the car like. <laughs> So this you was were a, set up. Uh, this was a <laughs> trick to get me there so that I could pretty much sign the paperwork so she can get a key sported. So yeah. Oh, well, smart woman. Your wife sounds yes. like a smart woman. I like her. She is. She is. <laughs> and then she tried tricking me and she's like, Well, we can replace your, you know, your Cherokee. And I'm like, why? I've got a 2007 Cherokee that I put 3,000 miles on a year. Why would I buy a new car? Yeah. I have a company car. I have a company car that I drive. So oh, it's like, if, yes. it, if we're going to go that route, let's look at like an 88 or an 89 Wrangler. And then yes. we got, you know, now, you're now talking we're talking. Language. Yes. You know, something that I can put, you know, give me a YJ. I don't want the I, I square headlights. I need the square headlights. So yes. Yes. I know the new yeah. JLs. I'm not, my, I still have a, yeah. I have a JK. I like my JK. We've had some fights though. Her and I have had some battles, but I think we're at a good, a good point now. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, she, yeah, she's good. But if I was going to be like an off-road fun one, it would definitely be. One. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and that's it. I had an 80, an 88 when me and my wife got together, um, okay. which is what I think that was the last year of AMC. So it was like the last year of the, the nice, you know, inline six motor. And yeah. I, ended up i had by the time we got together i mean i'd had this thing a while and i was broke because i was in my early 20s so there was some problems with it you know i kept the fire extinguisher inside because occasionally it would catch on fire but you know whatever so (laughs) minor details minor minor details those are are normal jeep problems like actually the other day i told my husband i was like i should probably get a fire extinguisher for mine because i don't have one and you just never know (laughs) Most people don't, don't have that problem. Jeeps, I mean, it's a 2014, but it's a Polar. So it's yeah. a special edition one, which is why I went with an older model. It's because they only made that one for two years and nobody else has it because it's a limited edition one. And I'm like, yeah, that would be really bad if anything happened. I really don't want, like, I should probably do that. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing, like, that's why, I mean, like, I'm not sure if they do it now, but at least back then, like you could buy special mounts that mounted, you know, mounting a fire extinguisher to the Jeep. So (laughs) I had a a fire extinguisher, you know, it didn't lock. Everyone's like, you know, would crack up because me and Don both had, I had an 88 and I think he had an 89. 
and we had each keys to each other's jeeps and we'd make jokes all the time everyone's like why do you have keys in case we lock ourselves out yeah. <laughs> it's like okay and it's like you really don't realize that they're both soft tops and there's no door locks but okay say, i'm like yeah you can just crawl in like i have a hard yeah. top so i definitely that if that, yeah. that happens to me i'm screwed but <laughs> well and it was one of those things it's like I, I told a lot of people i'm like at this point there's nothing inside they can take the stereo they can take because i had special marine speakers even though you know so they could get wet yeah. um they, they could take all of that just don't damage the top the top's worth more than anything inside the jeep seriously though to replace a top it is it's so and oh oh, and i see people like that cut a soft top to try to break Mm -hmm. in i'm like you idiot you could have just rolled it down like it's not you didn't have to cut it (laughs) like do you know how expensive that's gonna be yeah Yeah, not the fact that you took anything out of it that i don't care about but you ruined the top like damn it Oh yeah. Cause actually when I got the Cherokee, we were looking at a, a Jeep. It was a, uh, I think a 2001 Wrangler and yeah. what's that? Oh, I was saying, yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, it was like a 2001 Wrangler, but it was like, they wanted so much for it and it had 170,000 miles on it. You could tell that it was, it was a hard top that it, they'd put a soft top on, which even the salesman's like, how do you know that? I'm like, cause there's a button for the rear window wiper. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you want to have that with a soft top, you know, exactly. so and I'm looking at it and it's just like, oh, I don't know. It was just there was too many miles on it. And you could tell that there'd been some modifications to it that I was kind of questionable about. And I'm like, eh. and they wanted and this was five years ago. They wanted, I think, 12 grand for Ooh. 2001. And I'm like, you're out your mind. So I ended up buying the, the chair, the Cherokee because I needed something for work, you know, yeah. at that time. And it's like, okay, this gives me the, the, the back, you know, space for, you know, storing stuff and all that. And I use it when I do comedy shows, I put all my, I have 15 inch party speakers. I throw in the back, you know, that I take with me for, you know, comedy shows and stuff, but yeah, definitely going to get more space out of the Cherokee than you do the, the right. Surprisingly, you would think you can store a lot more than you can, but you really Uh, can't. (laughs) Not unless you take out the back seats. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's true. But, you know, it's one of those, you know, and it's now that I don't need it for work. I have, you know, my wife has a sportage and I'm like, well, the Cherokee just sits there. Now would be the perfect time, you know, because I had a 91 Cherokee that my wife made me sell to her kid when Ah. I bought the the 2007 and he had it for two weeks and totaled it. Oh, (laughs) and I'm like, that was supposed to be my toy. That was what I was going to turn into, like my 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 four wheel drive, you know, go out and play with and destroy. Yes. Yeah. That's, I've made the mistake. I've taken mine off road a few times and it made so much fun. I love doing it. But then I, then I remember, Oh, this is my daily driver. Oh, yeah, I, exactly. crap, really expensive day of playing <laughs> six grand later to fix it. Yeah. And that's it. That's one of the things that I, I learned young because Don, you know, who works on podcasts with me, his dad has, I think six or seven Wranglers and growing up because me and Don met in preschool, his oh, dad, wow. you know, always had, a, you know, Wranglers. And that's where we found our love for Jeeps is because we were always going, you know, for buying with him, but it was, his Jeep was never his daily driver. Yeah. He always had a Jeep that was, you know, he had a daily driver and then the Jeep was the toy. And that was kind of one of the things we knew growing up, because if you take your daily driver out to go for buying and you bust an axle, you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That happened in Alaska. I didn't bust an axle, but I actually, I blew the, well, the heads blew because, and it Ooh. wasn't my fault. Yeah. It was, there apparently had been work done on it previously and the, um, the hose connecting to the um, heads were, was stretched and the clamp they put on had shimmied loose when it was out on the trail. 
And well, it took a few days for it to completely come off. So I never, it was slow enough leak. And then I was going up a hill after going into the mountains to take family photos. And all of a sudden it just started acting funny, overheats, black smoke at the tail, everything. And I'm like, oh my God, the head just blew. I was like, what just happened? Like, how did that even happen? And yeah, it took, because of being in Alaska, it was two to three times more expensive than it should have been. And um, they denied the warranty because they said, well, I had replaced the power steering pump like the week before that happened. And they tried to tell me that I took the power steering hose off. Like I'm like, no, if I would have done that, it would have been a mess all over my floor. And I would have known that instantly. Plus, and I'm smart enough with cars not, or, you know, anything not to do that. And uh, yeah, I had to pay out of pocket. And I was so pissed. I was like, oh my God. But it took two months to get it fixed. I was like, this is crazy. And oh. luckily, a friend up there gave me a, he had like an old beater truck that he let us borrow to get around. And, you know, so we needed, we, husband and I both had to go to work. So we're like, oh my God, what are we going to do with one car? Like, this is terrible. And uh, it was bad. So yeah, I've learned, lesson learned. I'm like, nope, don't do that anymore. Yeah, no, yeah, I know that one. So, all right, well, we should probably wrap this up. Don usually likes me to keep these to about an hour, and we're we're well yeah. over that actually. But you know, we're having fun, and I feel honestly, I feel like we could sit here and talk for hours because we have a lot of the same interests. No doubt. Well, awesome. Well, so, happy to be back on. And if you guys ever need me again, you know, we, we today was kind of just uh, all over the place. But yeah, if there's anything else too that you know. People have questions, training tips, whatever, just want to connect or, you know, anything. They can always find me um, on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, so, yeah, happy to always connect with new folks in OCR and just fitness in general. So like-minded people. I love it. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of what we've been looking for on here is, you know, we, we talk OCR quite a bit, but we've also just kind of gone with the now we just went like like like-minded people. So yeah. let's talk about, you know, like today, I mean, we, I think OCR was maybe 5% of what we talked about. So, but whatever, <laughs> it was a fun conversation and it, it was, was great. And I'm, it was an awesome journey and I hope the the listeners enjoy it. So, um, but yeah, thank you. And, um, I, we will definitely have to do this again sometime. Absolutely. All right. Well, I look forward to it and thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet Podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear.